Judges chapter 16, please. Judges chapter 16. And we're going to start our reading from verse 6. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorak, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein this his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green withs that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green withs, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the withs as a thread of tow is broken when it touches the fire. So his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber, and he brake them from off his arms like a thread. Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web. And she fastened it with a pin. And said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he waked out of his sleep and went away with the pin of the beam and with the web. And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death that he told her all his heart. Said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me and I shall become weak. And be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. 
and she made him sleep upon her knees and she called for a man and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head and she began to afflict him and his strength went from him. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Let us pray. Father, thank you for those you have brought this evening into this place. We thank you for every person, every heart, every home, every head. And Father, we now ask you that your anointing spirit would come into this meeting and move upon this people. That the anointing oil of the Holy Ghost would be known in our midst at the preaching of thy word. We pray, Father, that if there is one here not saved, if there's one here fallen away, if there's one here who needs a touch in a special way, we pray that you would meet them at the point of their need. We ask you, Lord, that you would take my frailty and clay lips and use it for your glory. And may we glorify Christ. We thank you for the songs of Zion. We thank you for the song and the ministry from Billy. But now we pray for the ministry of the word and the Holy Spirit's blessing upon it that your anointing would be known in this house. Speak to your people and stir us up afresh to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it in his name. We ask it for his glory. Amen. The story of Samson and his amazing feats of strength, his accomplishments throughout the scripture, the superhuman strength which he showed, it is vastly and widely known in history, in story, in time. And even geographically throughout the world, his name is known. The man, Samson, with the superhuman strength. In Judges chapter 13 and in verse 24, this is what it says. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew. And the Lord blessed him. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. Samson's superhuman strength was not in Samson's power. And Samson's superhuman strength and all of his feats were not for the glory of Samson. It was the Lord who blessed Samson. It was the Lord who was to receive the glory. And it was the Lord who did the mighty acts and the wonderful feats in his life. Let us be conscious and let us be careful to remember 
that all that is done in our lives and in the meeting tonight is off the Lord and not from man. Samson was a Danite from the tribe of Dan. Dan means judge. And Samson judged Israel for some 20 years. Jacob, when he was blessing his 12 sons, Dan being one of them, the blessing on his sons and their their seed of the 12 patriarchs, the 12 tribes after that is found in Genesis chapter 49. In Genesis 49 verses 16 and verse 17, listen to what it says. Dan shall judge his people. As one of the tribes of Israel, verse 17 reads, Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels so that his rider shall fall backwards. The judge of Samson's day was Samson himself. Surely the, the prophecy of this has come to pass. For even that Dan's seed would be a serpent by the way. Meaning he would leave a trail wherever he went. As a snake would go through sand and you can follow the trail. So it's said that the tribe of Dan would do likewise. They certainly left their mark by naming cities and places after their father Dan. For example in The book of Joshua, again in Joshua 19 and in verse 47, we're told that the children of Dan, the the Danites, the tribe of Dan, they conquered and captured the city of Leshem. It's also known as the city of Laish. Laish. Listen to what it says in Joshua 19, verse 47. It says, And they called Leshem Dan after the name of their father. The adder was making marks, by the way. And so they would conquer somewhere and change the name. Laish or Lashem being conquered by them was called then Dan. Today it's known as Tel Dan, right at the very northern tip of the land of Israel. I'm sure some of you have maybe been there. Tel Dan means the Mount of Dan. And it's here also in 1 Kings Second Kings, pardon me, chapter 10, that we read that the northern kingdom of Israel under Jeroboam, he made golden calves. He put one in Bethel and the other in Dan to save the people from going to Jerusalem to worship the one true living God. And hence they fell into idolatry and they fell into sin because they went to buy at these idols. And hence Dan would leave his mark. Something else about Dan. In Judges chapter 18 and verse 29, we read of also that they called the name of the city of Dan after the name of Dan their father. Listen to what it says. Who was born unto Israel, howbeit the name of the city was Laish first. And then we're told in Judges 5 and verse 17, that Dan, when Deborah was singing her song, the song of Deborah, she was another judge 
in Israel. She was a prophetess in Israel. And we're told that when she's singing the song with Barak, that she mentions Dan and she says these words, Judges 5 and 17. She's going to fight the Canaanites and it says, why did Dan remain in ships? Dan was a seafaring people. They went to Greece and there became known as the Danoi. They're also known as the Tuatha de Danon, who sailed around the Mediterranean. Even in ancient Irish annals, they came onto Ireland. And so we're told they remained in ships, and Deborah is wanting to know why Dan didn't come to the battle. Why Dan wasn't there at the wars. Also, Asher is in that verse, if you want to read it. And Asher stayed by the seashore. I think tonight there's a few believers maybe have stayed by the seashore in the heat of the day rather than coming to the house of God. Notice here, Dan means judge. And remember this, these people, these men and these women, these people are the sons of Jacob. And Jacob means twister, surplanter, and heel grabber. Now, I'm bringing you somewhere because Samson was lured by Delilah. And Samson being drawn and lured by Delilah. What was she doing? Appealing to his flesh. Appealing to the old man. That's what the devil does. He appeals to your flesh. He appeals to the old man and to the old woman. Jacob means surplanter, heel grabber, twister. Listen to what the Lord said to his descendants, the tribe of Dan, of course, being one of them among the other 12. Listen to what it says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Or I am Yahweh, I change not. Therefore, he says, he continues, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. That's very important because we always stop at I am the Lord, I change not. But therefore, ye sons of Jacob, means this. Just as they had their flesh, we are the same flesh. Just as they had their lusts, our flesh has the same lusts. And just because they had their weaknesses, our flesh today has the same weaknesses. The same things that drew them and caused them to fall before God is the same flesh and lusts and weaknesses that can be drawn to bring us away from God and from following the Lord. It also brings a man and a woman to commit the most heinous crimes and also commits them, makes them commit the most heinous sins to keep them away from accepting Christ as their Savior. So the Lord says, I am the Lord, Yahweh. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. You know what he's saying? Because of who I am, because of my steadfastness, because of my immutability, because you can trust in me, and I do not change Even though you change, even though you falter, even though you fall, even though you fail, he says, I remain the same and you're just like your flesh of Jacob. You're twisted 
in the flesh. Thank God that when we are weak, he remains strong. And thank the Lord this evening that when we fall, he is the same in mercy and grace to pick us up and to dust us off and to set us on the path again. And thank the Lord that when we sin, he is ever ready to forgive us. That we claim the merit of the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about this word consumed, just as we run into more about Samson. The word consumed here is just a simple word, kala. K-A-L-A-A for those who are writing it. And it means to bring to a completion, to be brought to a finished end. To bring to completion, to be brought to a finished end. And the Lord says, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons and daughters of Jacob, will put it. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob, are not brought to a finished end. In other words, brother, you see, whenever you've failed him, and sister, when you've let him down, and when you've been unfaithful to him, and when you have went and served other things and other gods and done other things that you shouldn't have done, he remains the same. And what he said to us, I have not finished with you. I have not brought you to a completed end. And I am not going to let you go. I will never let you down because I am the Lord and I change not. So you're not finished yet. Let me just show you another one. For example, in Genesis 2 and verse 2 it says, And on the seventh day God ended his work, which, we, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. The word ended. On the seventh day God ended his work which he had made. In other words, his creative work, the creation of earth, and the creation of all things in it, on the creation of the heavens. He says on this day, it was finished. No more creation. Listen, not evolution. Creation. And God said, no, there's not going to be an evolving earth and an evolving kind and evolving creatures and evolving humans. He says, I have created it like this and I have ended the creation, it is the way it is. Now, kind will multiply with kind. And hence, it's the same word as ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. In other words, he said, I'm not finished with you. I'm still working in you. Have you let him down? Have you fallen away? Have you wandered off? Are you the one who feels useless and helpless and hopeless? Are you the one who thinks, God, why would you even think of me? Sure, look at me. I'm worthless. I want to let you know something. You're not worthless. You're not helpless. You're not hopeless because he gave his son to die for you and he loves you. And he loves you. And he's not finished with you yet. I love it in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 28. It says, The destruction of the transgressors and of the sinners shall be together. That's for those, the unsaved, the destruction of the transgressors and the sinners shall be together. But listen to this. 
And they that forsake the Lord shall be consumed. Do you see our nation tonight? It's forsake the Lord. Do you see our society tonight is forsaken the Lord? And he says, I'll consume you though. We won't get away with it. They won't get away with it. Here we'll find the word here in Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 7. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. I find it strange because people think at the last moment, I'll call on Jesus, be saved after giving him the fag butt end of your life. The last few moments, I believe in the deathbed repentance and conversion. I believe that's a hope. I have to believe that for the, uh, the thief on the cross could do nothing but cry for mercy in his last hours. But it's not a way to go. And people think they'll do it. Listen, you can't call upon the name of the Lord unless the Lord draws you by his spirit. You cannot call upon the Lord unless he quickens you by his spirit, gives you the interest in the heart, stirs you up to make you alive unto God. You'll never call upon him unless that happens. So seek ye the Lord while he may be found. If he's talking to your heart, if he's stirring your heart, if you're here and you're unsaved, if he's stirring your heart, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon him. God is not finished with you while you have breath in your lungs. For if the Lord was finished with you, then you would be without hope. So Samson is from the tribe of Dan. And Samson is also a Nazarite. He's a Nazarite. The word Nazarite, you'll find it in, in Judges 13, verses 4 and 5. You can also read uh, about it in, in Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 to 21. And the word Nazarite comes from the word Nazir. It means to be preferred. Notice, to be preferred, to be separated and to be consecrated. Do you know whenever you're saved, do you know, do you know what that is? When the Lord has spoken to you and the Lord has saved you, do you know what that is? That's grace. You were preferred. Imagine that. What, the Lord would prefer me? What about this one? Never mind that one, he preferred you. He may talk to them later, but that's up to God. It's called a lacking grace. It's divine favor. And if God has shown you divine favor, and if God has shown you divine favor, and you're here tonight and you're saved then, you have found divine favor. You've been preferred of the Lord. And if I were you then, brothers and sisters, I would rejoice in the Lord and be glad that he plucked us as brands from the burning. Are you glad you're saved tonight? Are you glad you're saved tonight? Will you say praise the Lord if you're glad you're saved? Will you say it again? Praise the Lord. I'm saved. 
I'm forgiven. I'm blood washed. I'm blood bought. We, as the Nazarite were, are separated from the world. See, brother, sister, if you're saved, you'll not want to live like the world does. If you're saved, you'll not want to live like the world. I was talking to someone just tonight in the tent here. And they were talking about certain pastors stayed off church to watch the football they are Sunday night. They shouldn't be in the pulpit if that's what they do. It's as simple as that. And if that's that pastor, then you need to get out of the pulpit. We are to be consecrated. The Nazarite had three stipulations in the Nazarite vow. One, the Nazarite was to abstain from all products of the vine. All products of the vine. Two, the Nazarite was was not to have their hair cut during their time as a Nazarite because they had periods of time that they would go through the vow and then they come out of the vow. And three, a Nazarite was to be was to be the Nazarite was to be defied by having con- was not to be defied, pardon me, by having contact with any dead body. Any breach, any breach of any of these three nullified the vow of the Nazarite. Even one of them nullified the vow of the Nazarite. And a fresh start had to be made by that said Nazarite. Samson from Dan was a Nazarite. Samson, by the time of our reading in Judges 16, had already broken, listen, had already broken two of these stipulations and yet he continued on in his office. He had already broken two of them. You see, the title of our message tonight is Samson's Wrong Presumptions. And Samson's wrong presumption was he thought he could live how he pleased. He thought he could do as he liked. He thought, well, I'm in the Nazarite and I have superhuman strength and I have this supernatural power from God and I can live the way I want to. Samson's wrong presumption was this. That the Lord would take a dealing with him when he thought the Lord wouldn't. I'm just going to let that hang there for a moment. Someone not living the way they should be. Someone not living the way they should be. You think God will not take a dealing with me and I will get away with this. Samson's wrong presumptions are your wrong presumptions. You need to get it right tonight. You need to get it right. Samson had broken two of the three stipulations And then the third one in our reading. Note this. For example, in Judges 14, Judges 14, verses 8 and 9, please. I'll take a drink while you're looking that up. 
And after a time, he returned to take her. And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hand and went on eating. And came to his father and mother, and he gave them, and they did eat. But, but, but he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Now that sounds not too appetizing in itself. Imagine, imagine carcass of a dead lion where bees had made the honey inside it. Imagine the, the stench of it, the smell of it. Imagine that. Samson, for one, he touched a carcass. He broken a stipulation of the Nazarite vow. He had broken the stipulation of the Nazarite vow. Not only that, but he gave to his father and to his mother. And as Israelites, they became unclean. And so he led them wrong also. So he had broken that one stipulation that a Nazarite was not was not to touch or defile himself with a carcass of anything that was dead. Look at verse 10, please, of chapter 14. And so his father went down unto the woman, and Samson made there a feast for so to use the young men to do. And it came to pass when they saw him that they brought 30 companions to be with him. Notice this. This feast, people think, oh, he had them for dinner. So here is another stipulation that was broken. At these feasts, they were more than just dinner, but they served flagons of wine, of alcohol. So they broke another stipulation. Off the vine, they would have got drunken on the vine, on the product of the vine. And so another stipulation of the Nazarite vow had been broken. By now, Samson is really asking for it. Samson is looking for trouble here. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 5. It says, Better is it is that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay it. Samson, what was the difference in his Nazarite vow and the other Nazarite vows? I'll tell you. Nazarite vows were for periods of time and they could come out of them. Samson's Nazarite vow was from his birth. In other words, he was to walk before the Lord all the days of his life. You need to take note here that if you have pay, uh, uh, sworn a vow unto God, maybe something had happened or someone you were concerned about or someone was ill or so, and you said, Lord, God, if, if you do this, I'll do that. And I promise you, I, I'll get my life right or I'll give my heart to you and all this sort of stuff. And maybe you have vowed a vow unto God. You know it is even better you never did it than you deferred to pay it. 
And so we are told, Samson, he not only would have been partakers, these feasts were actually illicit parties. And sexual immorality would have taken place as well as drunkenness. He had already broken two of the vows. There were 40 years of oppression in Israel. In Judges 13, at the end of verse 5, it says of him, he shall begin to deliver out of the hands of the Philistines. That was God's promise to his parents. We don't really know Samson's mother's name. His father was called Manoah, and he had a visitation from the angel of the Lord. You know who visited Manoah? The Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus visited him. And he says he shall begin. He's going to begin something. He has to walk right for the anointing to be on him. He has to be in the vow for the anointing to be used by him. He has to walk closely for me to be able to work through him. And he shall begin to deliver out of the hands of the Philistines. It made me think of how sometimes we think God should work here and now right away to every single prayer and answer everything that we ask. Well, I can tell you something. There's a lot of prayers with hindsight. I'm glad he didn't answer the way I wanted him to. But rather he answered them the way he decided to. In Exodus chapter 23, verses 29 and 30, Israel are going into the promised land. Listen to this. The Lord says, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. By little and little will I drive them out before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. You know what the Lord was saying to Israel? Don't be in a hurry. Trust my timing. Trust my hand. Maybe the Lord's saying that to you tonight. Maybe the Lord's saying it to someone here tonight. Maybe the Lord's saying, look, you're running ahead of me. Slow down. I will work for you. I will open the doors. I will make it happen in my time. Just watch me move. Have the Lord saying that to me tonight? Because I always like everything done yesterday. Be honest, who's impatient? Nearly everybody, aren't we? That's me. I get frustrated when it wasn't already done. And so the Lord says, I will drive them out. Listen, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. This is what Paul says. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He hath begun, begun a good work. He says, Samson will begin to drive them out. There's, it's going to take time. God God could just speak the word and it all drop dead. God could just breathe upon the land and just consume the whole land. 
Why does God use the medium of human beings? Because from Adam, we were meant to fellowship and work with him. Walk with him. I remember years ago, we were in a house in Banbridge. And we decided, anybody knows me, Alison will tell you, Alison's dad calls me DIY. Because I don't DIY. And anything I put my hand to, a little shelf about this length to put up. And when I put it up, it was all proud of myself. And when you set something down, it slid down the other end of it. Remember, our girls were very little. I think Ali was maybe just one year old, maybe. Jody was only two or three. Maybe a little bit older. So I decided I'm going to paint this wall. And I got the rulers out. I'm painting brush and I got the ruler and I'm doing this for the ruler. And Jody's getting into the middle of it. Daddy, can I help you? You know, Daddy, me, me, Daddy, you know. Get out of the way. Go on, go on, go on. You're only covered in paint. And she persisted. I said, here, here, there's the brush. And she just kept doing that and flanging it all over the place. It was all over it, but I hadn't got down here. And I'm rolling from the top of I'm rolling again and Jody's splattering and splashing. And I roll it again and I roll it again. And right down over what Jody done to the top. And when it was finished, I remember I took her by the hand and I says, Where do you see? And I stepped back and I looked at the wall. I says, Did McGoo a good job? Sometimes I think our father's like that. We're slapping the paint on, making a mess of things. And he loves to see us at work and standing alongside of him. And he comes with a big ruler and he just makes up all the mistakes and he covers the whole lot. And at the end of it, he stands back. He says, didn't you do a good job? I thought, Father, I was the best preacher tonight. When it was all of him. It's all of him. Be confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And listen, if you are struggling and you're thinking of giving up now, listen, if you're struggling and you've been thinking of giving up now and walking away because of this, that, or the other, whatever it may be, and listen, you may think that you're not up to much, but I want to tell you something. You can't give up now. God's not finished with you yet. God is not finished with you yet. And brothers and sisters, I want to say this. Have patience with the brother. Have patience with that sister. Have patience with me. You know why? Because God's still at work in me. And God is still working in him. And God is still working in her. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's he who is at work in our lives. It is he who is in your heart. It is he who is keeping you every day. So be patient and don't run ahead of him. We could have a big sign, big neon sign above all of our heads every day saying under construction. Under construction. And people would know God's not finished with me yet. Oh, the Lord's finished with me. I've let him down. That's a lie from the devil. God's not finished with you yet. God is not finished with you yet. 
whatever you may think you have done, bring it to the cross. Bring it under the blood and move on with God. Don't rush God. Did you hear me? Don't rush God because you'll lose. Don't rush God to deliver you. Don't rush God to vindicate you. I know what it's like to be slandered. Listen, I know. I mean, funny, recently I've been, I mustn't be preaching right because recently I've been actually having good reviews. And nobody from other places have been hammering me and calling me all sorts from everywhere else online and on social media. I've actually had someone the other day who slandered me for a long time ask me to forgive them because God had been dealing with them. And I said, yes, I forgive you. And I also said, if I've done anything in you, then please forgive me. It was only a couple of days ago. And I've been slandered from one end to the other. Do you know, I even told the people one time, do you know that I'm on the run from the police? Who knows that about me? I'm on the, you know, my name isn't Ken Davidson. I'm on the run. I'm in hiding. Well, it's funny. I'm all over Facebook and YouTube. And I'm here every week. All sorts of stuff. And it's in your flesh you want vindication, don't you? You want to get the big meat hammer out, you know, and start to pump something, someone. Oh, that's the old man, brother. That's the old man, sister. Listen, do not rush God and your vindication. Don't give up on praying for your loved ones to be saved. I'm going to tell this I was delighted last night I was preaching in Belfast. And my oldest best mate, Colin Brand, and I had a dream, told somebody it was a dream I was preaching one night that there was a, a scene, flames of hell, and one behind these bars, and I was trying to release him and I couldn't get him out. And I woke up and the, a voice in when I woke up, sweating, bucketing, sweats of I could, have, I could have filled a bucket. And a voice said to me, what about your child in the next room? And the child started squealing in the next room. She was only a wee, wee tote. And I was exhausted and flopped onto the bed. And Alison jumped up and ran in and nursed the child and came back in. She walked through like she thought was a cloud. She says, Ken, there's something wrong here. She was sleeping, knew nothing about this. And I had taken this trip to a lake of fire heard them squealing and moaning and crying yelling and pleading and I woke up with it but a voice wasn't sleeping in my ear what about your child next door a horrific pitch of her squeal and in my dream it was like I was in the Grand Canyon, only it was underground and it was up the same, just a big canyon. And there were the flickering flames from a lake of fire and the wailing torment of multitudes of voices. And this dark demon came over and I'm trying to get my mates, the two of them. I tried to get one of them out and they were crying, get me out, get me out. They knew they were next. And I said, I can't. 
tried everything and I couldn't. Well, you know, I prayed for that man for years. Felt like giving up my best mate. When I got saved, we broke fellowship because he was in the world. I couldn't go there anymore. And I loved him. Still do. Just over a year ago, his daddy passed away. I went to the funeral. And shortly after, he got saved. And last night, I went to preach in Belfast, and there he was sitting down a couple of rows forward from some of the boys that were there as well. And there he was sitting, praising God. Listen, I could have gave up. You know what I used to do? I told him last night, and he didn't know. I used to get up early on a Sunday morning when I was in Belfast, and I used to walk along the road. And I walked up outside his house. And I stood as if the Lord didn't know. Like, And I stood outside his window and says, Lord, Brian's in there with his wife. Will you save them? Every Sunday. No matter the weather. And then I walked along and up the hill and around and stood outside my brother's house. My brother's in there lying with his girlfriend. Will you save them? Every Sunday for, I don't know how long it was. I got a message from Bran before it came out. He's led his first soul to Christ. <laughs> he's, he's led two men on a wee lot, as we would say. He's rejoicing. And I'm rejoicing with him. You see, don't give up. But don't rush God to save them. Just pray for them and leave the work to him. And don't rush God to vindicate you. Listen, remember this. The wheels of God grind slowly, but they grind exceeding small. And he makes a good job of everything that he does. These words were said to me this evening when May was talking to me. And she said these words to me. And I went, you know, I have them to say tonight. She says, God is never early. And God is never late. God is always on time. In Judges chapter 16, the man whose great strength made him a legend in his own lifetime was unable to bridle his own passions. Isn't that strange? Such strength, but unable to contain himself, unable to control himself. In 1 Kings 11 and verse 1, it says, But King Solomon loved many strange women. Now, I know men are different than women, and women are different than men. This doesn't mean these women were all strange. It means they were non-Israelite women with different gods. He loved many strange women. And in verse 4 of the same chapter says, For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods and his heart was not perfect with the Lord. That's the heart of David, his father. Notice here. Solomon with all his wisdom, yet he hadn't the wisdom to worship God alone.
when Solomon fell away, so did Israel. Can I tell you what's wrong with Ulster tonight? The United Kingdom tonight? The church has fallen away. Much of the church. Much of the church is only lip service. And their heart is far away from God. In Judges 16 and verse 4 it says, And it came to pass afterwards that he loved, that is Samson, a woman in the valley of Sorak, whose name was Delilah. Sorak, you know what it means? Choice vines. Choice vines. And in the place where there was choice vines, the, the symbol of Israel, one of the symbols of Israel was the vine. But this woman was not an Israelite. Delilah was not an Israelite. He was not to marry outside of Israel. Delilah means feeble, as if she's weak, it sounds like. Poor Delilah. Sure, what would it matter? Oh, dear, love her, you know, and it's, there's no wisdom behind this because she's feeble. It doesn't mean that. It means feeble, but it means one who is low. Pull him down. You know, if I'm standing here and Billy is where he is and Billy came over, come over, Billy. Take my hand. You're Delilah. I'm Samson. You're, you're looking good tonight, love. You're Delilah. I'm Samson with the strength and with the anointing. I want to pull you to where I am, but I want you to pull me to where you are, okay? Pull me. Pull me, Billy. Thank you. And that's what happened to Samson. And that's what happens when even we are unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Whether that be in relationship or in company. I'm coming to a close. Samson was blinded by his lust. And I'll tell you something about this. Even though this woman was not an Israelite, and this woman was a Philistine, and she was feeble in the sense she would pull him down, she also prostituted herself because she went for 11,000 pieces from every lord of silver. The money spoke. And I can't help but wondering what Samson seen past her beauty because she got at him and wore him down like a water wears down stone. Samson was so blinded it inhibited his suspicions. I want to say it again. Samson was so blinded that it inhibited his Suspicions. The three things he mentioned in verse 7, the seven green withs, you know what they are? Bowstrings made out of animal gut. And they weren't tempered with heat. 
to make them hard. It's when they're, they're natural, more natural state. And so hence, when they put it near a fire, it would actually just disintegrate. The second one were new ropes, so they tried something bigger and greater. The third one was they weave the locks of his hair and put it, as it were, to the weaver. And Samson just got up and pulled a whole lot with him. He could do that. He could break them. He's bound and he breaks the ropes and the fetters. His hair is even to this weave. And he can actually trail it the whole way and break it with his own seven locks. But he couldn't. He couldn't help himself with his unbridled passions. He couldn't stop his own lusts. You see, there's a breaking down of the will here with Delilah. And beware, brothers and sisters, because the devil is persistent as well as subtle. A continual dripping wears away stone. And Samson is sailing close to the wind. Samson is dicing close to death. And Samson is playing with fire. And there are many Christians who do the same, thinking they'll get away with how they're getting on. And they're the unsaved who think, I'll do what I want. Let's take heed, believer, and don't be blinded by your loves and your lusts that will blind you from Christ. Let us not be blinded so as to have your loves and lusts blind your suspicions. Something not right with this. Your Holy Ghost suspicions. Judges 16 and 15, this is the crux of it all. And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Listen, see if your heart isn't in the word and with the Lord. See if your heart isn't is with the Lord and a woman comes along or a man comes along, vice versa, sister. And they say, if you love me more, if you love me, you know what you would do? You'd give all that up about Jesus. I can tell you something, brothers and sisters. There are many who have done it and gave up the Lord Jesus Christ for relationship, for loves, for lusts, and for other things. The Lord Jesus says in Matthew 6 and 21, And in Luke 12 and verse 34, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. She kept Adam and Adam in verse 16 of our reading. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. You know what it meant? The man was wore out. The man couldn't take any more. The man's heart was destroyed in him. She got at him and at him and at him and at him and at him. What is it, Samson? Do you not love me? Oh, she was beautiful to look at. 
but she was rotten to the core. I remember one time preaching in Belfast Corn Market in the open air, right in the, the bandstand it was at the time. I remember standing preaching. There's a group of us here, and there's some giving out tracks, and I just finished preaching, and I stepped back. And this beautiful young woman comes walking right past us, and someone stops her to give her a track, give her a track, and she's walking up. And we're standing here looking around. We're seeing if she's going to take a tract. And this man who was with us came up to me in my ear and he said, Ah, you see, there's trouble there. Oh, she'd be trouble for any man because she looks so good. And I said, Well, I'm just watching to see if she'll take that tract. That very same man fell to the very same thing. And he was away from God for about 10 to 15 years until God took a dealing with him. And it was sore, but thank God he's back in the fold and he's serving the Lord. So, Samson's strength wasn't in his hair. It was in the covenant that he made with God. The hair was the symbol. Samson's strength wasn't in his locks, but in his Lord. And Samson's wrong presumption was this, that he had God's strength without obedience to God. And many people think, why Oh, why are people getting on in their walk with the Lord? And look at me, I'm left behind. You know what happens? They're not in obedience with the Lord. They haven't, I'm going to say it, brothers and sisters, and I'm saying it out of love, out of care for each and every soul, each and every heart. So please, please forgive me when I say this. I'm saying it with the right motive. This could matter to each and every one of us. And it could be to each and every one of us. You see much of the church today. Here. Their hearts have went cold and dead. And everyone could find that darkened spot where we have allowed the enemy in. And that enemy will come to seek and to kill and to destroy your life and your walk with God. It could be from everything from a temperament To a secret sin. And we as the church in the 21st century. We love our pleasures. More than being lovers of God. I fear that although God has the anointing ready, he 
He's looking for the vessels that want to be filled. Ah, God's speaking, isn't he? God's speaking. He wants to fill vessels. But the unfaithfulness of his people to him faithfulness of the heart in the place of adoration and submission and sanctification oh you see people don't preach these things anymore do you know why because they're afraid of no one coming back but I'm telling you because I love you I love you enough to tell you the truth and I see Almost on a daily basis, hearts that were on fire, hearts that loved Jesus, hearts that would go to the ends of the earth for him, hearts that were rejoicing in him every day, hearts that would follow him no matter the cost. They would give up everything and anything. They'd go anywhere. When even the doors were open, they turned up. When they, they, they were asked to go somewhere or do something, they were more than willing to do it. And they had a heart to serve Christ. And now it's finding them to get into the very place of worship. Because their heart is backslidden from the Lord. Because their heart is far away from Him. When we worship, is your heart with Him? For Him. When we sing, are we singing unto Him? Or just a song? What is it? When's the last time, brother, you were in tears before the Savior? When's the last time you got on your knees and you pleaded for mercy for our nation and for our land, for the people that are going to hell in a handcart? When was the last time, sister, you cried and you cried for the souls of your family and your friends? When was the last time God, the Holy Ghost, Let hold on you and touched you and grabbed you and shook you that you fell to your very knees crying for mercy. Tearless prayers, loveless hearts. And when was the last time? When was the last time you loved him? surrendered all to him oh boy now preacher you've done it now you've done it now but I can tell you one thing do you see there's a man down there who knows Ivor do you see when my pastor preached and he took Frida knows. He took that bow and arrow of the word and he strung it hard back and he just fired it and it zoomed through the crowd and it hit you. See the last time and every time he did it. He used to pierce the heart, 
pierce the heart to the point where you thought you were going to die in the presence of the Lord. You thought you were taking a heart attack. You just couldn't wait to get out of the meeting. Oh, not to run away from God, to run to him. Say, Father, Father, will you forgive me? Father, will you forgive me? Will you wash me in the blood? And will you cleanse me, my mind, my thoughts, my words, my deeds, my actions? Oh, God, forgive me. Anoint me with your spirit and use me for your glory. And this mad preacher that was in the pulpit, he used to do it. And I used to go home and I used to realize that he loved my soul because he brought out the shepherd's crook. And the odd time he turned the other end and scalped me with it. And he put the crook around my neck. And he pulled me off the craggy rocks of danger. For me going to fall away into the world. And go to the delilahs of the world. And take of the things of the world. That I would have been lusting after. And he says, I'm here son. As the shepherd under God. And under Christ. And I'm going to rescue you. Through the word. And the preaching of that word. And oh so I went on with God. I went on with God. Samson's Samson's wrong presumptions it says that the last time she cut his hair he thought he would get up as at other times. Even the car alarms are going off to hear that. Ah, what if it was an alarm for your heart? What if it was an alarm? What if I was prophecy saying to you, listen, God's sounding an alarm here. What if it was an alarm for you? What if this was the last day we were on this earth and we would stand before the King of glory? And here, Samson thinks, he hears the cry, the Philistines be upon you. Oh, here, the devil's at the door. Here, the enemy's coming. I'd shake myself as usual, for I am Samson. But Samson had been playing with the things of God. I am Samson. It says when he got up, he didn't even realize that the Lord wasn't with him. No anointing. No anointing. Samson's wrong presumption was, I'll do what I want and God will still anoint. God will still bless. Bow with me in a word of prayer. Wendy, would you play me a second? Look, maybe... I think I know nearly everyone here. I think we're all saved, but I'm just going to test the meeting in case someone has come in and you're not saved. Are you saved tonight? Are you saved tonight? If you're not saved, if you're not right with God, it's time for you to get right with God. It's time for you to be saved. If you're not saved, then tonight would you make your calling and election sure? And how do I do that? You call upon the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. If you're not saved tonight and you want to be saved, 
no one else is watching only myself and I'm looking around and I think I know everyone but just in case you know you're not in the right place with God if there's one here quickly put your hand up and take it down again we'll see it and we'll pray for you I think I know nearly everybody here tonight but if there's one and you're not saved do you want to get saved tonight I think I know us all well here's something else then Maybe you've fallen away from the Lord in your heart. And you've went, you know what? My heart has grown cold. My heart has grown weary. And I need to come back to Christ. I need to get my life in order. I need to, to fix things right now well, that the Lord will receive me. If that's you tonight, and no one's watching but myself, put your hand up and we'll just pray for you. We're not going to embarrass you. I see one over here. Thank you. Is there another one? Is there another one tonight? I want to get my life right with God. I want to know that I'm ready. I'm ready should that alarm be for my life, for me to stand before God. And you're not saved or you're not ready. Let us see if there's another one. There's one that's already responded, but let me see another one. Is that it then? Is there anyone here and you want to freshly consecrate your life to Christ? Oh, I've been saved for years, yeah. I remember one time there was a man and he said to me, I've been on the road 50 years and he was a dead duck. And I said, you haven't, been on, you haven't been on the road 50 years, brother, you've been in the road for 50 years. And maybe your life has been something else that it shouldn't have been is there someone who will say I want to just reaffirm my faith tonight in Christ I want to just say Lord I'm, I'm here we're not saying you're up to bad things but you just want to say Lord from tonight I want to be determined to serve you I tell, from tonight I want to walk with you from tonight well here's what I'm going to ask you to do Christian since you're a Christian you're a believer and I'm not saying you don't love the Lord but what I'm saying is you want to say Lord from tonight from tonight, I'm making the conscious effort to be in your presence, to be faithful to you, Lord, to serve you with all my heart. If that is you, then here's what I'm going to ask you, Christian. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand. Will you stand right now? Yes, they're standing. Is there anyone? I want you to stand. We're going to consecrate your life to Christ and say, Lord, tonight, maybe, Lord, I've... I've maybe let things slip a bit or maybe I haven't been what I should have been and I've grown weary or tired and if you're saying, yes, Lord, me, I want to definitely consecrate my life to you. Yes, they're standing all over the house tonight because people want the Lord and people want to be right with God and people want to serve the Lord and I appreciate that because so do I. I'm standing too, brothers and sisters, by the way. I'm on my feet tonight, by the way. I'm standing, I might be walking here and preaching here, but I'm standing here and I'm saying, Lord, use me. Lord, I'm going to be faithful. Help me to be faithful. I'm going to stand by, by you, Lord. I'm going to walk with you, Lord. I'm going to be at my place where I'm meant to be because I've allowed things to get away from me. Maybe I've grown a little lethargic at times. There's people all over. Last call. Does anybody else want to stand to consecrate their life back to Christ? Yes. Yes. 
This is a night now that you're marking in heaven. This is a night that is marked in heaven. This is a night when you're saying between you and God, it's not between you and me, between you and God. Father, tonight, I'm marking this that I want to be revived again. I want to be renewed again. I want to say, Lord, I'm yours. Here am I. Use me. I believe there's someone also in here, maybe not saved, and you haven't got saved. And God is dealing with you, and God is speaking with you. Oh, don't be like Samson to say, I'd rather take the honey from the death of the lion, but rather take the honey out of the rock. The rock Christ Jesus, the sweetness of Christ. So we're going to pray all together tonight. Let's pray. Father, I come to thee. Let's pray. Father, I come to thee. In the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm standing before you tonight as a token and as a mark that I need you for my strength, for my life, for my home, for my service. And so I stand before you this evening to consecrate my life afresh. Here am I. Use me. Help me. And teach me how to be faithful every day. I want to be right in your sight in your service and anointed with your spirit teach me to be obedient to thy word and so Lord from this moment may it be marked in heaven and recorded there that I have come afresh to consecrate myself to thee Amen. Now that person that wants to get their life right with Christ, I want you to pray this. Father, I come to you. Help them, will you? Father, I come to you. Everybody pray with that person. Father, I come to thee. In the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, will you take me and will you accept me back into your fold? into your loving arms for I believe you are my faithful and loving father who changes not take me right now and surround me with your love in Jesus name Amen the Lord bless you everyone Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord the glory this this evening. Let's give the Lord the glory. Look, I know times went on. But look, I I couldn't stop. I was going to stop earlier, but I couldn't stop there because I knew the Spirit was ministering. And I knew the Spirit was speaking to hearts. And so I couldn't stop. And I still feel...
I still feel tug in me. Still feel the tug of the Spirit in me. Someone here not saved. In fact, there's more than one probably here not saved. I'm looking around. The Lord says, now is your night. Now is your time. So today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. See me? See Glenn? See Ronnie there? I could go around the men here, see them, speak to them, and say, you know what, I'm not saved. I need to get right with God. But see us. Don't go home without knowing the Savior. Tonight was a night, I believe, that was something special in the hearts of God's people. And for you tonight, please don't leave. We're going to sing one piece.